The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, we are into week 12, so you know what we need to do? We need to talk about a lot of players, okay? Like, more than we've ever talked about Heath, Ben, can we do it in the next hour? Can we just get through a whole bunch of dudes? No chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can get to a lot of players. I do have an important question, though, first. I'm dealing with a moral quandary this morning. Uh-huh. And I feel like you two are the best, or maybe the listeners on Twitter. But today is our office Thanksgiving potluck dinner. Oh. And everyone's walking in with these huge dishes of probably delicious food that smells very good. And unsurprisingly, I didn't bring anything. Um, can I still go eat, though? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yes. That, Even though I didn't bring anything? I never brought and anything, I and I always I eat. never bring Yes. You <laughs> should definitely feel bad, but you can still go eat all the food. Like, no, okay. like you're doing it right. Don't feel cool. bad at all. I mean, this is like, when I worked in that office, I was, a, I was one of the first in line, and I didn't bring anything. <laughs> So I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, so we do have a lot to get to, and a bunch of so Thursday night we're going to preview the Thursday night game, and it's a big one with some difficult starter uh, decisions. Since we last spoke to you on the podcast, Jordan Wilkins was limited in practice, so that that made I can say me, Dave, and he made me, Dave, and Jamie move off of Jonathan Williams. I know that because of HQ and Heath. How about you? And, and Ben, how about you? Did you avoid Jonathan Williams in your waiver claims last night? I wouldn't say I avoided him, but I. I it was pretty clear who my top priority was. I went after Scarborough first because I don't necessarily know that he has a huge impact on your team the rest of the season, but I think he can be a weak winner with a matchup against Washington and a clear grip on the starting role. Um, I did pick up Williams in a league or two and Wilkins in a league or two where they didn't really go for hardly anything just to kind of see. But I do think there's a possibility if we see – either Jonathan Williams or Jordan Wilkins get 15 touches on Thursday night that we are feeling pretty good about starting them until Matt gets back. Okay, cool. And uh, all right, so let, let me let me ask you a trivia question. More on the Colts running backs later. Trivia question to start the show. In a six-point-per-passing touchdown, full PPR league, non-decimal scoring, sorry, who is the number one player in fantasy right now? Who has scored the most points? Full point? PPR, six point per passing touchdown. Heath. Heath. Um, I would say Lamar Jackson. Okay, Ben, do you have a guess? It can't be because of the question. He, he made it sound like it was Michael Thomas, but I don't think it's Michael Thomas. I'm going to say it's Dak Prescott. It is. Oh, man, where's my music? It is. Lamar Jackson. Why did I ask the question? Because Christian okay. McCaffrey is number two, four points behind. 
Lamar Jackson. Got it. The six points per touchdown works against Jackson in you know in terms of quarterback production, but it puts him ahead of McCaffrey. Yes, that makes just sense. a little bit. All right, so fun trivia question. Hope everybody enjoyed it. It was thrilling. It was exhilarating. Jordan Wilkins was limited. T.Y. Hilton mispracticed. There is some thought that he might play. Uh, Eric Ebron mispracticed. So, Heath, uh, what do you think about Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron at Houston tomorrow? It's going to depend on whether T.Y. Hilton's playing, and I guess whether both Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle are playing. But if, assuming both tight ends are playing and Hilton's not, I would view them both as low-end streaming options. I tweeted about this a little bit last night and wrote about it in the tight end preview. We've got nine tight ends this season that are averaging double digits in fantasy points on a per-game basis. Doyle and Ebron are not two of those nine. But of those nine, two are on a bye. Two are definitely out. Two are currently questionable. <laughs> there are only three tight ends averaging double-digit fantasy points that we are certain are going to play this week and help your team. Almost everyone needs a streamer, which means almost everyone can be a streamer. But they're not towards the top of my priority list. Okay. Uh, so would you play Ross Dwelly against the uh, Packers over the Colts guys? I would. I mean, it totally depends if Kittle's out, right? We don't know. We aren't going to know that. I'd play the Colts guys. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: if Ebron's out and Hilton's out, I'd be pretty interested in Jack Doyle. You know, that's the thing with the Colts is the the thing with the Colts. This is the most game script dependent team in the entire league. I mean, Eric Ebron's routes per drop back jumped to eighty percent against the Dolphins when they were chasing a little bit. They had a lot of red zone plays. That's where they like to use him. Everyone has like their role in this offense, and and usage can spike based on how the game plays. So. Those tight ends will be usable if Houston leads this game at home, and and maybe we should probably expect that. I, I kind of do. So, yeah, I think they're reasonable streamers in this matchup. Yeah, and Jacoby Brissett, he has five games this year with less than 30 pass attempts. In those five games, he has scored 19, 21, 10, 9, and 16 points. Not so good. He has three games with 37 or more pass attempts, and he scored 24, 27, and 35 fantasy points. And those 35 were against Houston. Um, and, and those are that's a huge disparity. I mean, well, you don't I, see a lot of QBs. Right. And that. I think that like the key is like, how do you think this game's going to go? This is one of those games and there's several of them on the schedule this week where I think Houston's a team. It's kind of an at home back against the wall type of situation. I expect them to lead this game at some point. I expect it to be very competitive. I think Percet will have to throw a little more. All right. Will Fuller yeah, is just also a game time decision. Go ahead, Ben. Uh, just to tack on to that, one more player that I would add. You guys were talking about the Colts kind of early down backs. I think Naheem Hines is going to end up being the best Colts running back in this game. If he's available in some shallower leagues, he's the guy that I would prefer. If if all three of them play, I will have Hines ranked the highest in PPR. That's yeah. I would agree with that. In non-PPR, Texans give up the true. most receptions. Texans yeah. give up the most receptions to running back. They do, but it's just it's weird. It's like Hines has not had any good games this year. Very very few. You know, he's been so uninvolved. But last year when Mac didn't play. Or when he maybe played like a little bit and got hurt, Hines got a pretty big workload, and including a lot of work in the passing game. So uh, we will get into that later. It's it's pretty interesting, but I think the fact that Wilkins practiced and the fact that the Texans' run defense has been so good last week, notwithstanding, has sort of cooled us off the uh, at least the running back, like the non-pass catching running backs, Williams and Wilkins in that game. Okay, Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski did not rule out a return next season, Ben. Would you want to stash Gronkowski in a dynasty league? It would have to be a really deep one, but I can see it in a in a deeper one, tight end premium. Depends on the format. 
All Gronk right. announced his beach bash in South Florida for the Super Bowl. That's the headline of this story. And I really think we need to start working on ways that I can be doing a live hit for the podcast from the beach bash. <laughs> I agree. I think that'd be awesome. I'm into it. Uh, Cleveland safety Morgan Burnett's out for the season with an Achilles injury. Juju Smith-Schuster's concussion seems to be more of an issue than his knee injury. The Patriots activated left tackle Isaiah Wynn. Sean McVay expects Brandon Cooks, and Evan Ingram has a chance to play this week. So let's talk about these two guys real quick. McVay expecting Cooks to play. Cooks is only 78% owned, and Evan Ingram could play this week. Maybe it's next week, and next week would be against the Packers, which is a great matchup. Um, ben, are either Cooks or Ingram—this might sound like a crazy question, but based on their production, it really isn't. Are either of them must-own players, uh, Brandon Cooks and Evan Ingram? Yeah, no, I think they both are must on, especially Ingram at the tight. I mean, he just pointed out how few difference makers we have at tight end. So just the fact that we know Ingram has that massive target upside and and can be a top tight end, he has to be he has to be owned in my opinion. Cooks, I can I can see being a little off of him because if he does have any more you know head injury issues, any more concussions, he's probably going to be just shut down for the year. Uh, but I do expect I, I would consider him must own too because I do expect once he's back and he's expected to be back this week. He's playing a full snap share. It's not like it's a lingering like hamstring where he might be limited. Uh, once he's good to go, he should be playing. Yeah, and I think he'll be right. I'll probably slot him into that range of like the Will Fuller, Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, where like wouldn't be that surprising if one play makes his day. But the big problem for Brandon Cooks this season has been that the Rams haven't been able to protect Jared Goff long enough for Cooks to get open deep. And I don't know that that's going to change against Baltimore this week. All right, they do have Arizona, though, in Week 13, which would be better. But when you put him in that group with Mike Williams and Terry McLaurin and and uh, Will Fuller, those guys are not necessarily players I need to drop, but if I have to, if I want to pick up Bo Scarborough, if I need a streaming quarterback this week or something like that, those are the types of players that I drop. So it sounds like Cooks is, is in that, you know, can't you can drop him. He hasn't been I think very he good be- this year. I think he should be between 80 and 90% owned. Okay. He's not quite there yet. He's at 78. Yeah, I think so. it's got to be a really shallow league. Like, I, I, one of our leagues, uh, our auction league, I have Mahomes and Kelsey on buys, and I don't know who to drop. And I have Cooks, and I don't, I don't want to drop Cooks at all. But my team's really deep. I'm going to end up having to drop at least one. I might, I might just take the zero at tight end this week. I don't, like, we only have five bench spots in that league. And some of those, yeah, some of those types of leagues, you have to make tough decisions. And, and Cooks might end up being the guy to cut. The other guy I'm considering is David Johnson. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with him oh, going right. forward. So yeah. it's uh, I would drop Johnson before I drop Cooks. How about Ronald Jones or T.Y. Hilton? Those are my other two bench players. <laughs> We're talk I about think Ronald Johnson would be the first one I would drop. There's no way I'm dropping T.Y. Hilton. He jo- said Johnson's Johnson. the first one? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's... I might do that. <laughs> we'll see. You, you'll be ready to pick him up once I cut him. <laughs> hey, by the way, a couple special guests coming on today. Uh, first of all, we haven't regulated on on the Wednesday show in a little while, so we're going to do some regulation. Mm. I'm, see- uh, I'm seeing some really disappointing things in leagues right now. Players not or fantasy managers not setting a lineup. 
uh, not making their transactions, starting guys who are injured, starting players who are on a bye. I don't like it. Get your stuff together. I don't care if you're eliminated. You need to do this for the integrity of the league. If you don't want to make ad drops, that's fine. I get it. But at least set a valid lineup. At least don't play people who are out or on bye. Come on now. And um, I just have a lot of questions that come up this time of year that need some regulating. Also, we're hoping to have Ben Schrager. We have a new nickname for Ben, which we'll reveal a little bit later. Uh, he should be coming on later on in the show. Our Facebook giveaway this week is your toughest start-sit decisions. And a lot of people have questions about the Colts running backs and Jalen Samuels and what to expect from these guys. So, yeah, we, we have some big-time decisions to make this week. Also, to go to the Facebook group, it's called Fantasy Football Today. There you go. Uh, parlay Pick'em. If you want to win a million dollars, we can do it on FanDuel. But the Parlay Pick'em also, if you go to cbssports.com slash parlay, P-A-R-L-A-Y, you can win a million bucks. You just download the CBS Sports app or go to cbsports.com slash parlay, submit your parlay card, and once you're done, you're immediately in contention for big-time cash prizes, including $1 million. And there are more prizes. It's not just, you know, one guy, one girl takes a million dollars home. Uh, what are you waiting for? Download the app or go to cbsports.com slash parlay and take your shot at a million bucks. All right, let's get out the league winnow meter. On a scale of 0 to 10, how likely are these guys to win you your league? These are players who have been either really good lately or they're on the most added list. But let's start with Bo Scarborough, 34% owned, 0 to 10 on the league winnow meter. Two. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty clear trap back to me. He, I agree with Heath that he was the top waiver option this week, but he's the guy to explain trap back. We've talked about it a lot this year. It's just an early down back. It looks like the LeGarrette blunt roll from last year in the same Lions offense. He didn't play. He didn't run a lot of routes. He didn't. I think he maybe got one target. He didn't have any catches. He's going to carry the ball. His upside's basically going to be um, very similar to what he put up last week, which was fourteen fifty-five and one on the ground. He's not going to be involved in the pass game, and they are going to rotate those other backs in in the pass game, which which limits him from being maybe like a twenty-five carry guy usually. Um, so yeah, to me, he's not really a league winner. He's a he's a fill-in RB two. I think that he is a uh, two is good for that for the season. I would maybe put him as an eight on a weak winner because if you're ever going to want to have a trap back, it would be in a game where you're playing against Washington when you have a head coach like Matt Patricia that would really, really love to just run the ball 35 times. I think he's got a chance to get 20 carries in this game. I'm not projecting him for it, obviously, but I do think there's a chance he gets 20 plus carries and against Washington that might mean 100 yards in a score or two. Yeah, Bo Scarborough is who we're talking about here for the Lions. The, the Redskins, they see the most rush attempts by running backs in the NFL. So the, the second most rush attempts total, but the, the most by running backs. And they could be without Deron Payne, defensive tackle. Um, so that could hurt their run defense as well. So a two for Bo Scarborough, but for week, uh, for week 12, it's going to be a lot higher than that. Uh, by the way, Ben, what does TRAP stand for again? Trivial rush attempt percentage. Okay, that's the real acronym, Trivial Rush Attempt Percentage. Heath, my <laughs> new my new acronym for trap back is Tote the Rock, Avoid Passes. Which one do you like better? Um, yours, okay. actually. Tote the Rock, Avoid <laughs> Passes, trap back. Sure. League winnow meter for Debo Samuel, who's 75% owned and has two straight 100-yard games, and he faces Green Bay this week. Debo Samuel, 0-10. to 10. I'll give him a 5.5. 
Like I think it's going to be hard for him once Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders are both back in action. But I do think he's done enough to where he could be a solid number three wide receiver for the rest of the year. He has some very good matchups. It wouldn't be all that surprising if he's facing you know, maybe not okay matchups, but it wouldn't be all that surprising if he's facing the Falcons in week 15 and puts up six for 100 and a touchdown. So he's got a possibility to win your league. Okay. All right. Yeah, Let's I'll say four. All right. That's Debo. <laughs> that works. Let's go to the next one. It's the most added wide receiver in CBS Sports Leagues. Darius Slayton coming off a bye, he's now forty percent owned. Uh, I, th- I think he's pretty low on the. Well, the matchups are so good in the fantasy playoffs: Philadelphia, Miami, and Washington. But there's a chance that Shepard and Ingram are playing in those games. So, uh, I-, I don't know. I'll let you go with Darius Slayton. Ben, why don't you go first? Oh, uh, I'm gonna go three. I, I like Slayton. I like his uh, vertical profile, the air yards. He gets a lot of passes down the field, which gives him the, the boom potential that we have seen a couple of times this year. But I, I still think this offense is going to – the targets are going to mostly go to Golden Tate. They're also going to go to Saquon Barkley. We just talked about how Evan Ingram could be back. And we should probably expect Sterling Shepard back at some point, although that's pretty unclear. But there are scenarios where Slayton is not even really rosterable in a couple of weeks if all those guys are backing on the field. If Sterling Shepard doesn't come back, he's a four. If Sterling Shepard does come back, he's a one. By the way, Heath, Sterling Shepard is 51% owned, and I saw him in a lot of my leagues last night, and I didn't really prioritize him. I wanted Nelson nope. Aguilar. I wanted James Washington ahead of him. Um, but Shepard was a, like a low, uh, low-end low waiver claim. I may have gotten him in a few leagues. I haven't checked yet. But what do you think about Shepard at 51%? I'm kind of worried that he's going to be the number four option in the pass offense when he first comes back, and you've got the risk of re-injury that would probably end his season. I think Golden Tate has probably done enough to establish rapport with Daniel Jones. You've got Evan Ingram, who's going to be back probably before Shepard. You've got Saquon Barkley, who's still there. I, I'm I don't love it. All right, next up on the win win what is it league winnow meter, league winnow meter. Sure, uh, Jamison Crowder, eighty two percent owned, three straight games with seventy six or more yards and a touchdown. Jamison Crowder. League win meter zero to ten. And PPR is probably like a seven. Uh, it totally depends on format for me. Yeah, I'll give him a six in PPR. I mean, if the schedule is really good for the next two weeks. He's like a regular season league winner. He can get you the one seed. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to like him quite as much in the fantasy playoffs. Fantasy playoffs are Miami, which is good, but then at Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So the next three matchups for Crowder are Oakland. Cincinnati and Miami, then it gets tougher. Uh, Damian Williams. Damian Williams didn't see much, only you five. You skipped touches. Devontae Parker. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to save time. Five. Devontae Parker, zero to ten. Seven. <laughs> Seven. Best okay. one on the list. All right. He's had ten targets in each game without Preston Williams. He's had eight or more targets in four of his last five games. He's got great matchups. I'm excited. We're excited. Devontae Parker. Thank you, Heath, for keeping me honest. Damian Williams. Ben, zero to ten on the league winnow meter. I mean, it's fully dependent on health. If he, if that rib injury, uh, I don't know. Have we heard much about that? I haven't heard much about it. If that rib injury isn't very serious, I think it's very. I think it's high. I mean, I, I think they came out and they started him again, even after he didn't practice this week. I think the last few weeks we've seen a lot of indications they want him to be their lead back. And if he's fine after their bye, yeah, he's like an eight or a nine for me. Uh, but if he's still banged up, and that means that we see more LaShawn McCoy, more Daryl Williams, that's you know that's going to limit his ability to be a league winner, obviously. Sure. Um, I, I think like he that. might be the fourth, the fourth best back on the Chiefs. I'm going to give him a one. They face the Patriots, the Broncos, <laughs> and the Bears in the fantasy playoffs. 
They're not very good at running the football anyway. And I just think that LaShawn McCoy and Darrell Williams are better. Man, I'm not sure it matters You're what so you think because it doesn't. Fe- I doesn't He's so feel like good at overreacting. Yeah, it, well, it doesn't feel like Andy Reid feels that way, you know? Like, he, well, know. but remember, after Williams got hurt and got a little dinged up, he kind of got that same almost like fumble punishment for okay, I guess we have to go to the running back by committee now because Damian Williams can't stay healthy. So well, I, I, I don't. Well, and couple- Sean McCoy before Williams got hurt, was involved and scored a touchdown in that game. He was back. The whole we're just resting him for a week thing looked true. I'm pretty sure the touchdown came after the injury. I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure for McCoy, his playing time ticked up after Williams went out. It definitely ticked up after, but he played some before. I I just love when Heath goes, he's the fourth best back on the team. We haven't even seen Darwin Thompson. I mean, that's just (laughs) hilarious. He's He's a career backup. Had a good six-game stretch. Okay, guys. Uh, last guy on the win your league meter Is that what it's called? I keep forgetting. League win-o-meter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta kicker Yugway Koo, who is the second most added player in our in our leagues, and he is seven of eight field goals in his last two games. Yugway Koo. Negative one. <laughs> All right. You should pick him up for this week. The Bucks give up the most fantasy points to kickers, and now I have talked about a kicker. We have a guy in one of our leagues, by the way, one of our you know industry analyst leagues, who hates kickers so much and was determined to prove that he could win the league without starting a kicker. So everybody in the league starts a kicker except for him. And he claims that, that he's won a league like this before, apparently. And he's 3-8. and eight. He did just beat me, unfortunately. But uh, he's 3-8. and eight. So kickers do matter, especially when everyone else is starting a kicker. You don't have to start a kicker in FanDuel, which is one of the reasons why Heath loves FanDuel so much. But Heath plays over 100 lineups every week. I play, you know, like five. But that's enough. You know what? To each his own, to each her own, whatever you want to do on FanDuel, you play as many uh, or as few leagues as you want for as much or as little dollar amount as you want. You know, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty, fifty, whatever. There are contests out there for everybody, and you don't have to worry about bye weeks and bad matchups and injuries and all the stress that comes with rostering a team and managing that team throughout the year with the waiver wire and the trades. And it can be a lot, right? It can be frustrating, and your team stinks. You don't have to worry about that on FanDuel. You can get an all-star team every week if you're frustrated with the way your season's going or if you just want to play more. Go to FanDuel and start playing, and here's what you do. You sign up at FanDuel.com slash FFT. And this is really a great time, right? Because the season's winding down, and maybe your squads are going to miss the playoffs. You want to play more? FanDuel.com slash FFT. Make a deposit of 20 bucks. Get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. You put in 20 you get back 20 Again, you go to FanDuel.com slash FFT, or you download the FanDuel app. Okay, let's talk about who we trust. Do you trust these guys? I was going to do a trustometer, but that felt excessive. Tom Brady. So I just want to start it by by sort of reviewing what I was talking about on Monday's show in case you missed it. His matchups are great going forward. Um, entering Monday night, he was fifth in the NFL in pass attempts, and he was behind Cam Newton, Eli Manning, Andy Dalton, and one other guy, uh, Jameis Winston. So he's throwing a ton. And that's a good setup. But, you know, what I hadn't really accounted for was he doesn't do that well in December. I looked at his passing yards per game in December each of the last five years. 
And the, the highest in the five years, the most, was about 269, 270 yards per game, uh, which is about a 4,300-yard pace, pace, which is still, you know, kind of low. So that's the best he's done in the last five years. So we keep that in mind, and I ask you, how much do you trust Tom Brady going forward, Heath? This answer could change a lot in the next four or five days. But for now, I have not seen enough bad Brady to discount the volume and the fact that they really are not very good at running the football. And I do think getting Isaiah Wynn back should help the pass protection, which should help Brady maybe to go downfield just a little bit more accurately. So for now, I'd put him at about a six and a half or a seven. I'm ranking him as a top 12 quarterback, and I'm starting this week. But if he has another bad game at home against the Cowboys, I'm probably out. All right, but then it's at Houston and then Kansas City in the next two games. But, okay, uh, Ben, how much do you trust Brady? Uh, I mean, pretty much what he said. I'll just say if you're – I'd be a little lower on him, I think. But I I would say if you're optimistic about Brady, you should probably be optimistic about Nikhil Harry as well, especially with Dorsett out. And Sanu's role really backed off in in this past game. The game before their bye, he played 100% of snaps. This last week, he only ran around on 55% of dropbacks. They're treating him more like the number three that he's been throughout his career. I think there's a really good potential opportunity for Nikhil Harry if this offense does get going. No one was good against the Eagles. Who do you trust more rest of season? Jimmy Garoppolo, who has had three big games this year, twice against Arizona and once against Cincinnati, but he's obviously been better with Emmanuel Sanders. Or Kyler Murray, who has scored 25 or more fantasy points in five of his last seven games. It's not, it's, you know, I understand you might want Garoppolo more because Murray's got a buy, but who do you trust more, you know, you know, terms of putting him in your lineup garoppolo or murray this is the easiest question that i've ever been asked i mean it it has to be murray murray's rushing ability creates a higher floor it creates a higher ceiling jimmy garoppolo loves to throw the ball to the players wearing the different jersey than he's wearing and even though there have been about seven dropped interceptions in the last two games so his interception numbers don't look as bad as they should he's you don't trust him the way that the Niners still want to run. I mean, that's the other side of it. It's Kyler Murray and it's not close. Yeah. I, the only reason it might be close for me is because I don't think I have that high of expectations for Kyler Murray coming off the bye, just because his schedule is absolutely brutal. I would still prefer him to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd probably put Kyler Murray at like a four on the trust meter and Jimmy Garoppolo at a two and a half, maybe for the rest of the season. Now, I like Garoppolo. Okay. This week, but you look at Murray after the bye, he's got the Rams, who are just playing phenomenal defensive football. He's got the Steelers after that. I I don't feel great about him. All right, how much do you trust Aaron Jones, who has had 9 and 13 touches in his last two games since Devontae Adams returned? Seven. <laughs> We're not on a meter yeah, what are right you- now. Yeah, we are. What are your what are your expectations? Are we saying trust him to be what he's been, which no. is like a top no, five? No, just you put him in your yeah. lineup, you trust him. Right, yeah, I agree with Heath. I mean, seven. He's going to be an RB2 or maybe a low-end RB1, but he's not going to be a star. Like, I think he could become a bit of a trap back. Yeah. Luckily for him, after the Niners, it gets the Giants, Redskins, and Bears. Those are three favorable matchups for Aaron Jones. Uh, How much do you... Look, it wouldn't be a show... uh, It wouldn't be a Wednesday show with Heath and Ben and Adam if I didn't ask you about Derrick Henry. How much do you trust Derrick Henry? We know the schedule gets uh, pretty tough pretty soon how much do you trust derrick henry he's, going forward he's superman he's a <laughs> wow. touchdown reliant awesome touchdown reliant awesome player 110 
I trust him entirely. Oh, but did you, wait a second. Children. Hold on a second. Did you just intentionally make a new acronym for trap back? Touchdown yes. reliant awesome player. Okay. Because if you did it, that was going to be pretty <laughs> incredible. We now have three acronyms yes, for I, trap. That's good. I was I was under the impression that with Derrick Henry on a bye last week, I would have one show off from admitting that Derrick Henry is just absolutely destroying my entire analytical process. So I'm just going to avoid this question altogether. Uh, Good answer. Right. <laughs> I mean, you, you pretty much have to start him. But I, I will ask, like, do you think you should trade him? If it's, if it's not too late to make a trade, do you think you should sell Derrick Henry? If you could get, like, he's been a top 10 running back in all formats this season, I think, on a per-game basis. If you could get a top 10 running back for him, yes. But I don't feel confident that Aaron Jones is going to be better than Derrick Henry for the rest of the year. So that kind of tells you what range I'd put him in. All right. Would you? Henry has... I would just add, Henry has still had just a ridiculous rate of touchdowns on those high-value touches we talk about and a low overall number of high-value touches. So for me, in my actual leagues, but he keeps proving me wrong, but I would be trading him. I would not be playing him in, in DFS. Um, I think he's overperformed by quite a bit. Would you trade Derrick Henry for Melvin Gordon? I would. Um, that's a tough one. But probably not. How much do you trust Austin Eckler going forward? Ten. He is. Uh, he's been a top ten PPR running back since Melvin Gordon came back on a per game basis. Yeah, he's been better than Melvin yes. Gordon since Melvin Gordon came back on a per game basis. Yeah, he you also, start Austin Eckler. He also had three straight games with less than thirty receiving yards before last week. Started. But I loved in that game in, in Mexico City that they threw to him, not because they were trailing late, they threw to him early at a 37-yard reception on the first drive. He had six of his eight catches in the first half of that game. So that was really good yeah. news. I mean, they, they've been obviously featuring Gordon and running the ball more, but it was really positive to see they came out and used him again in the passing game early in that game. I don't reject that the the premise that you start Austin Eckler. I reject that he's a 10 on the trustometer. I think that's too high. Like, you're basically saying you'd rather have Austin Eckler than Aaron Jones. Is that true? Um, I think it, I'm probably on a weekly basis going to prefer Austin Eckler and PPR to Aaron Jones. I, I guess that's fair. I mean, Aaron Jones has one catch in his last two games, so that's fair. I think it'd be, yeah, really close. I I, I agree with Heath. you got to be optimistic. I'd probably be more like a 7 or an 8. I, I also agree with you, Adam, that ten's probably too high. Let's it's only a 10 in PPR. It's a 7 and yeah. 9. Uh, two more here. Do you trust any Bills going forward? Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England in their next five games. Do you trust any Bills? John Brown. Heath, Heath loves John Brown. <laughs> Are you like What do you mean do I trust John Brown? <laughs> of course I trust John Brown. He's got tough matchups. He's amazing. Extremely tough he's matchups. A- Are we going to sit DeAndre Hopkins because he's playing the Broncos? Oh, are, we really, <laughs> are we really going there? Um, I'm starting John Brown. I'm starting Devin Singletary. I still think Singletary, like I think Singletary has been a little unlucky. It's funny at the beginning of the year, he wasn't getting any volume. I didn't really like him very much, but he kept having a one one or two long runs or scoring a touchdown. So he had some fantasy production. Um, I, I think he's going to probably perform better against these tough matchups than he just did against the Browns and the Dolphins. Oh, okay. And do we trust Stefan Diggs in sixteen game and on a sixteen game pace what he did with Adam Thielen? 
was only 91 targets, but it was 61 catches, 1,100 yards, and a pace for 11 touchdowns. He had a three-touchdown game. But we know what the deal was with Diggs. When Thielen was healthy, he was very, very inconsistent, very, very frustrating, and not just inconsistent, but like outright terrible sometimes. So how much do you trust Diggs, assuming Thielen's back after the bye? 10. Uh, 11D. I mean, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Diggs is still leading the NFL in yards per target. And I'm pretty sure it's not particularly close. He was a couple of weeks ago. Stephon Diggs is an absolutely elite receiver and you actually have it wrong. Or I would argue you have it wrong. It's not Adam Thielen. It's Kirk Cousins. He plays very conservatively at times. We saw that in the first half last week. Diggs had zero catches. He had one. It was like 34 yards called back. In the second half, monster second half, as Cousins opened up and threw the ball down the field. Yeah, he's going to be up and down. But you're talking about an absolutely elite receiver that is doing amazing things when he gets the targets. And, you're, yeah, you're going to have to deal with Cousins being a little bit more conservative at times, taking the shorter passes. Anytime Cousins has, has uh, aired it out, and he's missed Diggs on some plays where Diggs was open downfield. But that connection has been there more often than not the last couple of months after the uh, the slow start to the season. I, I think Diggs is – you just deal with the fact that he's a little boomer bust because this is a run offense. Huge ceiling, though. And I, you have to love the talent. I, that's why oh, I would yeah. buy in so heavily. Yeah, sure. I, I mostly agree. I don't go quite as far with the talent thing because, like, we don't get any points for talent. But <laughs> I do – like, it's just Diggs has been kind of, I guess, like what Brandon Cooks was in years past. He's got – four or five games this year with single digit fantasy points and PPR. And he's got four games with more than 20 points in PPR. Yeah, but, uh, but break, so it down, you, break it down with and without it, Adam Thielen. I mean, that's got to be a factor here. N- well, no, two of his last three games were without Thielen and he scored oh, a combined six points. Two horrible games. Yeah, it's true. But, but, but he's had, he's had three or four massive games without Thielen. And, and I, when I say without Thielen, I am including two games in which Thielen played and got hurt early. So, like, almost all of his big games have been without Adam Thielen. Just one against Philadelphia was with Thielen. Right. Yeah. I, like, I, I wouldn't put him at 11 but yeah. I would say he's I, – I don't think the schedule is particularly difficult. I, I'd say seven. So, all of last year, Thielen was active all of last year. And Diggs was a top – what What was he, top 15 receiver? No, I, I think he was top 12. He had over 100 catches. Yeah. But he was very inconsistent. He had half his games or something with less than 50 yards or 50 or fewer yards or something like that. It's just that's what he is. But don't you want that? Don't you want that week winning upside in the playoffs? Like that's oh, yeah. the kind of guy that, that that's I guess philosophically why I I am so high on him because he's a guy that can absolutely win you a playoff matchup against one of the other very good fantasy teams in your league. Because you're in the playoffs, say you're that, only playing good teams. Say that sentence again and replace the word win with lose. <laughs> No, I don't think that's kind of like, like what he is. True, you know. I, I disagree. I uh, the the difference between like five points and fifteen points in your fantasy lineup doesn't lose you a week. The yes, difference between fifteen and thirty wins you weeks. Hey, listen, Ben. I no, just I, had three contests in week eleven. Three of them decided by one point. One point. Mike Williams making that catch on the final drive won me two leagues. So the difference between 10 fantasy points could absolutely win or lose you a week. Come I, on, Ben. No, Grash. it can. I actually it, thought about Ben this morning in this exact type of conversation as I was uh, getting ready for the podcast. And I was thinking about my teams, and I have a lot of teams that are sitting somewhere between 7 and 4 and 5 and 6, and I don't feel perfectly comfortable with whether they're going to be in the playoffs, but they also 
might be easily in the playoffs. I've got some first place teams, and I got a couple teams that are out of it as well. But a lot of teams right in that middling range. Yeah. Same. And I feel like with Ben's strategy, all of his teams are either in first or second, <laughs> or they're not going to make the playoffs. That's the thing. They're not. They're all in that same range. I mean, I have a couple teams that are at the top. I only have a couple that are eliminated, and then I have a ton in that range. I'm actually really looking forward to the playoffs, where I can sort through which teams I can like start ignoring because yeah. I. <laughs> They're all right on the verge, it feels like. Uh, yeah, no, this next two weeks are going to, it sounds like for all three of us, are just going to be huge to determine if we had good years or not. Because right now it's it's swinging. I'm in the like four to eight range in a lot of my leagues right now. All right, but I know the best of the best when it comes to ticketing apps, and that is SeatGeek. A lot of websites, a lot of ticketing apps, they don't care about the customer experience. SeatGeek does. That's why the reviews are great. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews, and they've just created... Uh, a way to get tickets in such an easy, quick, and affordable way. You can search for sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. So they built the fastest way to find tickets so you can start searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. Why is SeatGeek different? Well, it pulls in millions of tickets from all over the web, and it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. So instead of you going out and looking on multiple sites, multiple places to find your seats, you just do it on SeatGeek and let SeatGeek do all that work for you. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Uh, I mentioned it on yesterday's show, I believe. We've got a basketball game coming up in uh, Brooklyn in a couple of weeks, and I'm already on SeatGeek looking for those seats. Oh, man, actually, it's like that's like three weeks from now. Okay, it's getting there. we got some time. Uh, but I'm going to be using SeatGeek because I always use SeatGeek because it's just the best. If you want to save 10 bucks off your first purchase, you download the SeatGeek app and you use the promo code FFT. Again, 10 bucks off your first purchase. Download the SeatGeek app today and use the promo code FFT for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Whew, well, we got a lot to get to here. How about a couple of questions from Apple Podcasts? Sean, in a city west of East Lansing, Michigan. West Lansing, Michigan. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Kelsey is on a bye, and I have Jason Witten against the Patriots. Should I roll with Witten or pick up Ryan Griffin, Ben Watson, or Tyler Eifert? I'd oh, go with Ryan Griffin. Griffin. Oh, yeah. Slam dunk. Wide receiver three options for Sean in West Lansing, Michigan. Amendola, Randall Cobb, or Taylor Gabriel? Cobb. Cobb. Gabriel. You're going to go with Cobb? I like Taylor Gabriel a lot. I don't know that that target share that we saw last week is going to repeat itself. It's a situation where Gabriel did it for one week. Cobb's done it for two weeks. I'm going with Cobb. It's just the Gabriel Patriots. got that. Largely because Allen Robinson was mashed up with Jalen Ramsey. I expect Allen Robinson to be the number one target most weeks. But both Gabriel and Miller saw a big boost last week because of that. Cobb's in an offense that has targeted receivers down the field heavily all season, especially the last couple weeks. So you, you feel a lot more comfortable about his entire offense. He doesn't really have to beat out Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup for touches. He's, there's just so much in the offense that he can still be very productive. Yeah, also Amari Cooper does have a knee injury, but I, I just think for me, like Cobb versus Gabriel, easily Cobb rest of season. I'm very concerned about this matchup against the best team against wide receivers in New England, whereas Gabriel gets the Giants, who are obviously terrible. So that's, but you know what? We'll say Randall Cobb because it's two against one. Here's Robert, pick two, half PPR. Ben Scarborough, James Washington, Will Fuller, Jamal Williams. Half PPR, pick two. Scarborough, Washington, Fuller, and Jamal Williams. Running backs. Yeah, if Fuller plays, I'd play him over Jamal. But I think 
we're probably going to not have Fuller. I don't know. What, what, Heath, are you assuming Fuller plays? I'm not currently assuming Fuller plays. Right, I but, don't. But let me. And well, let like me they this. said, they called him a game time decision on Monday. I don't really like. Like I'd, I'd like for there to be a possibility on Monday that he right. might just be cleared by Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Well, but let me ask you this. I show the hamstring. James Washington, I'm, I'm pretty excited about if Juju and Johnson are both out. And he's actually been pretty solid for three straight games. And, you know, he's he's got a good matchup, too, against the Bengals. That's who they're playing, right? No. I just don't it's, know I'm as sorry. conservative as they've been. That is the yeah, matchup. The as conservative as they have been with Mason Rudolph under center, now that they're playing a team that they literally might just be able to run the ball in every play and win by two scores, I don't know how many times they're going to pass. Well, then why were you so high on Derek Carr? That's a conservative offense. You had him as your number four quarterback I last don't week. think that's a conservative offense. He barely throws the ball. I don't think it's as conservative as the Steelers with Mason Rudolph. It's not, but this is their only wide receiver. I mean, you were high on, on Tyrell Williams, who had a good game, 88 yards or something, and a touchdown. I don't know. I'm surprised. Tyrell Williams is better than James Washington, a lot better. Yeah, he is. But and Derek Carr is a lot better than Mason Rudolph. It's those are great points. All right, then <laughs> let's talk about two other quarterbacks who are better than Mason Rudolph. Indianapolis is at Houston here. So a couple of stats of the game. The first one I already gave. It was about Jacoby Brissett and when he throws the ball, he's good, and when he doesn't throw the ball that much, he's not that good uh, in terms of fantasy production. But you should know that the Texans see the fourth most pass attempts in the game in the NFL. And um, and they allow the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So that's a good setup for Jacoby Brissett. The other stat of the game is about Carlos Hyde, really. But I guess it's about all the Texans. The Colts' defense, man, they are rolling. In their last eight games, they have not allowed more than 10 fantasy points in non-PPR or 12 fantasy points in PPR to any running back, with one exception, Jalen Samuels, who had 13 catches. Um, but... They've just been a brutal matchup, and uh, where should we start? Let's start first with the Tex- with the Colts, the road team. So, uh, Brissett, where is he for you, Heath? 73% owned. I've got him 11th, the low-end number one starter, and would have been, I believe, my favorite streamer if he was owned in like 3% fewer leagues. But uh, he was just a little bit over that range. So, he's someone that if he was available on the waiver wire, I would start over guys like Aaron Rodgers against the 49ers, but he's there's not very many starters I would start him over. Uh, how about the Patriots-Cowboys game? Would you start him over Brady or Dak? I've got him right behind Dak, and Dak is just behind Brady. So like I, if you were really nervous about that game, I could understand making that decision, but I would not. All right. His best game of the year was against the Texans, 35 fantasy points. And for me, I mean, a lot of it, I think for everyone, is probably going to come down to T.Y. Hilton, who's healthy. If it's if T.Y. Hilton's out and Ebron's out and Paris Campbell's out, like if he has no weapons, I don't know how good you're going to feel. But you know what? I think, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk again about this game tomorrow because there's just so many injury questions. Ben, if we look at the running backs, why is it that you're going that Naheem Hines is your favorite in this game? Is that in only PPR or is that in any format? Yeah, I, really only in PPR would I want to start him. But I, I think, yeah, probably in, in any format. It's a really tough matchup. I expect, to, especially if Wilkins is active. If he's not, you can play Jonathan Williams. But I expect those two guys to split early down work. They'll, they'll get a couple targets probably. But, again, I, I said at the top that this is a really game script dependent team. They utilize players to, based on how the game is going. If they're leading, they will run more. And 
they will use their lead running back in the passing game more. Marlon Mack has way more catches in games where he's actually where they're leading and he's actually playing more because they'll mix in some pass plays while he's out there. If they're trailing and they're throwing a lot in the second half, they'll just leave Naheem Hines on the field. That's where he's had some spike games and he's played a lot of snaps. I expect that they will trail a little bit in this game at Houston. And the the stat you just gave about Jalen Samuels being the only running back who's been productive, that, that's a Naheem Hines stat, right? He was productive because of 13 catches. Hines has six or seven catch upside in this game if they trail and they throw a lot. And I, I also think that's what would make Jacoby Brissett a, a good streamer is if they trail and they have to throw a lot. Yeah, and if, if Hilton and Ebron are out, then it would benefit Hines. But Heath, like, are any of these guys actually starters this week? No, I have no running backs from this game ranked in my top 24 running backs in any format. So no, none of them are actually starters. I do think, like on the flip side, Duke Johnson could also be in that same Naheem, Naheem Hines role. He had five targets and seven carries the last time these two teams played. He His usage in the passing game does fluctuate a lot, but this feels like the type of game where they could get him involved a little more. He's been very good when he's touched the football. So if you have Jalen Samuels, we'd start... Jalen Samuels over any of these guys? How about Bo Scarborough over any of these guys? Yeah. In non-PPR, for sure, Bo Scarborough over any of these guys. In PPR, I get really worried about a guy that didn't even see a target in his first game, and they have two guys that are better pass-catching backs than him. All right. Yeah, just that matchup's so good. Um, How about... All right, let's go to the wide receivers then. So, for all of the wide receivers, Hopkins is a must-start. If Hilton plays... Are you starting him? Because Hilton was averaging like six catches for 50 to 60 yards or something like that, scoring a lot of touchdowns. But do you think he's an automatic start if he, if he plays, T.Y. Hilton? Uh, <laughs> I, don't think he's an auto, I don't think he's an automatic start. He crushes in Houston. And I know the, the game, uh, the, the team splits are not great because obviously there's different personnel over multiple seasons. But he always seems to crush against Houston. It's kind of the, the same coaching staff uh, with the Texans that, that has been there for the last several years. So I could definitely see using him, but he's not a must-start. If he plays, Heath, would you start T.Y. Hilton over a Rams any Rams wide receiver? Not over Cooper Cup, but over any other Rams wide receiver, yes. Would you start him over Marquise Brown? Yes. Would you start T.Y. Hilton or a, any running back in this game? Yes. Oh, Hilton over them. Okay. How about like Joe Mixon against Pittsburgh or T.Y. Hilton? I'd probably go Mixon in non-PPR and Hilton in PPR. be really close. I asked you earlier, Heath, about the tight ends, and you said, reiterate what you said, you know, that we have a need I, for tight ends. I like Ebron if he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Doyle's a streamer. If Ebron's out, then I like Doyle. Um, I don't really love Darren Fells. Like he's just got to fall into the end zone, and he does that quite frequently. So maybe he will again. But Jordan Aikens out targets him and out catches him on a semi regular basis. Okay, so would you start um, Ryan Griffin and Jacob Hollister over the tight ends in this game? I everyone's playing. Yeah, I would go Griffin, Ebron, Hollister. Okay, yeah, Ebron had a huge game against the Texans as well. Ben, do you have any concerns about Deshaun Watson? Any reason to think about sitting him? None whatsoever. <laughs> okay. What? Like what? What are the concerns? Uh, uh, injury? No, I mean, like, like he's, he's he's had some he's had some some less than great games, and the Colts have been really good against 
Six, six straight quarterbacks had failed to score 20 fantasy points against the Colts before Foles last week, who scored 21, but that was on 47 pass attempts. And that's not even a great number, 21 fantasy points. So, you know, I'm not sure they're great against quarterbacks because you look at, like, the good ones that have faced them and, and almost all of the good ones. Actually, all of the good ones have thrown for 300 yards. But um, they've limited the touchdowns, I guess. It just it doesn't look like a great matchup. The Colts have been pretty good against quarterbacks. That's all. And I think when we have high expect, yeah, I think when we have high expectations for a guy like this that we think should be top three every single week, and he has a couple bad games, we can kind of get a little bit concerned. He's to me still. I mean, he still put up huge numbers. I don't know exactly where he's at on the season, but to me, he's still very uh, an elite must start quarterback, no matter what the matchup is. Um, he's been so good this entire season, even when he hasn't been very well protected. There's and he's just a uh, like a, an amazing competitor. Loves to run as well when when they need him to. Couple bad games. I'm not going to overreact to at all. So Heath, Carlos Hyde, or a Colts running back? I would probably prefer Hyde in non PPR to all the Colts running backs, and Hines over Hyde in PPR. And you talked about you kind of like Duke Johnson, so but you like Hines better than Duke, right? Uh, yeah, I think I've got him in a very similar range, though. All right. And I just want to bring up the possibility. It's not a bad idea to own Jonathan Williams, just in case they said, hey, look, we've given chances. Not like great, not like feature 20 carry back, you know, chances to uh, to uh, Jordan Wilkins. But we've given him some chances, and he hasn't really done that well. So maybe they they saw what they saw from Williams last week at over 100 yards. Maybe they turn him loose a little bit. Maybe he's the guy. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just I, saying, that, that could happen for next week. If, for next week, not for this week. You don't play him, right? I think Wilkins is averaging like six yards per carry this yeah, year. Yeah, he had right? one yeah. really long carry, and other than that, he barely he's barely run the ball. But like, I don't know. He's he's nothing special. So I don't think he also had like five yards of carry last year. Like he's actually been really efficient so far hey, in his career. He's okay. Uh, it's, it's statistically <laughs> it's true, but Adam YPC for life. You know what? Yeah. I don't think you can really make a judgment on Wilkins' yards per carry because he just hasn't had that many you carries. But you can't. But you also can't say that he's been inefficient. Like I can't he, say that. You're he, right. You're right. I I won't say it ever again. Uh, Will Fuller. If he, <laughs> Will Fuller if he plays. What do you think? Boomer I would bust number three. Boomer bust number three. He, the, the, he's a he's a Ben Gretsch superstar. He's got the upside right. to win you a week, and he can't lose you a week. If what you have other. If you have other good <laughs> options, I would consider sitting him because yeah. he does have a hamstring injury yeah. that could mean limited snaps. When he comes back, it could be re-injured. That's a, a very serious issue for a speed receiver, obviously. But if he plays and you don't have a lot of other great options, the, the secondary receivers in this offense have not been very good while he's been out. Kenny Stills and Kiki Cutie both played a lot of snaps last week. Neither did very well. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has taken on a lot more of the load. I think they're waiting for and needing Fuller to come back. And I think he could right away have a big game if he's fully healthy. All right, sit the DSTs, and we're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Football today. Still a lot more to come, including regulators and a bunch of your tweets and a lot more players to talk about, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go, everybody. We're going to do some regulating, and we're going to answer a bunch of your tweets. Welcome to the show, Ben Schrager. We'll hear from him in a second. So, time for fantasy regulators at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. All right, sorry. I'm still finding the email in all of my notes. I found it. It's from John in Union City, California. Yesterday, someone who is an acquaintance of a fantasy football team owner informed me of a conversation about the waiver wire. Apparently, the conversation, which sounds like a conspiracy, was concerning a member of our league who may request all team owners to place a quarterback first on the waiver wire. My only quarterback is on bye this week. How will the league handle this issue? I will not name this whistleblower. So he's got a he needs a quarterback, and someone else in the league told all the other owners to put a quarterback first in their waiver claims. What do we do? Let's help John out. Ben Schrager, what do you say? What's up? Yeah, I don't think we do anything. If teams are all willing to pick up a quarterback with their first spot, great. You're probably going to get Bo Scarborough as your first pick because no one's getting him. So I think just take advantage of it. And maybe you don't have a QB right now, but maybe your trade deadline hasn't passed and you can trade for one. Oh, my gosh. That... No, I disagree. You're, you're wrong. You kick him out of the league, Ben Schrager. What <laughs> yeah. kind of a whimp are you? This is, this Come is on. the definition of collusion. <laughs> Shraggy B. By the way, that's your new nickname. Instead of Swaggy P, you are sh- you are Shraggy B, uh, according to Andrew. He nicknamed you. How do you feel about that? It's not terrible. I was expecting a little bit worse from you, but <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, come on. Be meaner. This guy is, is getting his entire league to screw over this one owner. We're not doing our job if we don't say kick him out of the league, I'd say. I mean, it's clear collusion. that This should not happen. Uh, I mean, if you take this to like its logical endpoint, there, there are just so many problems for fantasy leagues if, if this happens. So right. I totally agree. Okay, so Ben Schrager's wrong. Okay, next up from Steven. Does it hurt the integrity of the league for teams to play a less than optimal lineup as the playoffs approach if they believe that potentially losing and getting a lower seed gives them a better opponent in the first round? So can you play worse players to tank your your week and get a better seed? Shraggy V? I'm cool with this. It's a selfish strategy, and maybe it affects the rest of the league if you're playing someone who's also in playoff contention. But the whole point of fantasy football is to win the championship. And if you're going to get yourself a better seed, you may play the worst player. However, you may play the worst player, and he's going to do better than who you would have played anyway. So it's not a strategy I would exactly recommend, but I don't think it's immoral. Okay. Yeah, I'm against it, and I I love that point, though, that what ends up happening whenever people do this and they think that they're going to get the better matchup and they try to pick their matchup as they end up getting a worse, uh, a, a higher points against against the matchup they thought was was easier. It's just the way that it ends up working out typically. So that's the, your karmic justice. I, I, I think it's uh, it does hurt the integrity of the league. I think everyone should play their best lineup. But if there's nothing in the bylaws or anything, I think whatever you can, you know, you yeah. can't really enforce it. As long as you have a legal lineup, it's okay. You know, you just can't like, well, obviously, you know, the roster restrictions. You can't just like, oh, I'm not going to start a, anybody this week. I'm going to bench my whole team. No, but as long as you have a legal lineup, I think it's okay to do that. We get that question a lot. So that's where we stand. Last one. I'm in a full PPR league. This is from Mike. 
The last place team dropped Devontae Adams when he obviously had way worse players on his roster. I called this move out to the commissioner and he isn't willing to do anything. I'm tied for first. The guy with the first waiver claim is in a four-way tie for the last playoff spot. The second waiver spot is the guy I'm tied with in first place. Uh, and Adams would be an obvious upgrade for either team. What should the commissioner do with the last place team dropping Devontae Adams? Ben Gretsch. I just you put Adams back on his roster. Thank you. No, no, no question, no debate. Like you, I don't care if he wants to drop him. If he keeps dropping him, then you lock him out of his team. Like you put Adams back on his roster. You don't let Adams go on any other roster in the league. This is silly. It's simple. I think not only do you do that, but you freeze his roster. You don't let him make any sort nice. of bad drops after doing something this crazy. There we go. There's the mean side <laughs> from, from Ben Schrager that we needed to see. Uh, I need to ask one more kind of regulators here because we get this a lot. And this is actually, this comes up a lot and, and we need to set the standards for our listeners, okay? A lot of times people say, hey, I noticed my opponent needed a kicker. So I picked up every kicker and dropped every kicker. I picked up a kicker, drop, add, drop, add, drop, add, just to put them all on waivers to screw over my kicker or my uh, opponent. Um, you can't do that. What what are the rules here regarding just adding and dropping players to put them back on waivers? You know, it would have to be on like a Friday or a Saturday and making sure that player cannot go on your opponent's roster. Yeah, it's super so, dependent on the rules because some leagues like you can't, a guy won't clear waivers again if he's been dropped, so he's gone for the whole week. And, you know, it's totally dependent on whether or not they're going to clear and, and all that stuff. I, I think generally, yeah, this type of stuff is a little bit unfair, but... If the if it's not really like totally skirting the rules and it's maybe a situation where the guy had all week to pick up a kicker and didn't do it. Now it's Saturday night and you're picking up a couple guys to to kind of mess with him because he hasn't uh, taken care of something that he should have taken care of all week. I think I, like that's fine as long as it's not like clearly skirting like silly rules like the, the 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 one for me is when the guy stays on waivers until the next week. Right. And then you're doing this. And then they can't add a kicker because they, they don't even have like a day or two for right. clear waivers. They can't happen in that. Well, country. that's what I'm saying. So, you know, it's it's Friday and you realize that your opponent doesn't have a kicker. So the one thing that I'm, I'm 100% adamant about is this. You cannot use the same roster spot to put everybody back on waivers. So in other words, you add a kicker, drop the kicker, add the kicker, drop the kicker. Now, you know, over and over and over again and put everyone on waivers. Or you do it with tight ends or whatever. If, on the other hand you have five bench spots and you add five kickers or five tight ends and drop five of your players, I'm actually okay with that. But, I mean, it's a little, it's kind of a jerk move, but that's okay. But what you can't do is keep using one roster spot to just add drop players and put those guys on waivers so they're not available until the following week. That's where I come out on this. Shraggy B. Yeah, I mean, I think in an ideal world on Saturday, there should be free waivers where there's no sort of waiting period. So on Saturdays, you just can pick up anyone. And they, if you drop them, they don't have to you know, sit out for be untouchable for a day or two. But I honestly think the way waivers are set up, if you don't pick someone up on Tuesday or Wednesday, you're you're a subject to this matter. You you may get screwed by this. And everyone knows waiver day is Tuesday or Wednesday. So I think you just got to be on top of your league. Otherwise you might get screwed by this. Okay. All right. There we go. Good call. Ben Schrager, who by the way, is the commissioner of a league that has like free open waivers on Tuesday, which is amazing yeah. to me. Is that the, you're talking about the listener league. Yep. I hate that. Yeah. I didn't know. 
I didn't know Schreger set that up, and I was complaining to him about it earlier in the year, and he's like, yeah, so I was thinking this, and I was like, oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Completely open waivers in that league. I think it's very interesting, and it just keeps things a little different because every league is either waivers or fab. Get it open for the listener league and see what happens in the Wild West. Yeah, What's happened cool. in the Wild West is every single week at uh, 6 a.m. my time, 9, 9 Eastern for you guys, uh, on Tuesday, there's a mad rush for ads and drops. I'm sure. This week I got uh, both Bo Scarborough and Jonathan Williams. I was up right and stealing signals. But every single week, there's like 15 transactions in the first half an hour after after it opens. All right. It is wild because I, I still get the email notifications. And I'm like, what the hell? Why is nobody on waivers? And I'm used to it now, but it is it is a it is the Wild West. It's funny. Uh, all right, let's do some tweets here. Rapid fire, guys. This is from Techie Mom. What do I do with David Johnson? I have Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Kenyon Drake, Ronald Jones, and Kareem Hunt. I'd drop him for Bo Scarborough if you could, but ideally you're keeping him seeing if something happens over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, there's still a lot of scenarios where he has value, but obviously right now it doesn't look great. It doesn't look like he's going to, but um, yeah, I, I, I see like Ronald Jones is a tough one for me. I really like Ronald Jones, and I have Ronald Jones in a league where we were talking about earlier where I might end up dropping David Johnson, but like Johnson probably has more upside if he does work back into a heavy role in that offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you can cut him. I do agree. I think there's one thing that gives me a little more faith in Ronald Jones, by the way. Yeah, just side side uh, note. They ran the ball eight times last week. Mm-hmm. He had four. Agumba Wale had two, and Jameis had two. So I know Franchise he. Low. I know he. Wow. I know he only had four carries, but it was half their carries, and right. two of them were Winston, and two were Agumba Wale. So it wasn't like Peyton Barber got the carries, but Peyton Barber did get the goal line work and caught a touchdown and all that. It was annoying. All right, next up, Tony says, assuming James Conner sits. Is Jalen Samuels still the Pittsburgh back to start with Snell healthy? He's the pass catching back. He's the PPR play. I mean, I think he's a high end running back two in PPR this week. Snell's had one good game and he didn't even do anything against Miami after his good game against the Chargers. So I'm not too scared of Snell. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. He's the PPR option. He interestingly didn't uh lead in snaps and actually trey edmonds ran more routes than him uh after connor went out or the last time they they played together but i still think samuels is the guy that he has so much pass catching chops that is the guy that you play in ppr but i whether it's snell or trey edmonds i think uh an early down back is going to be heavily involved as well so it's just kind of a tough situation all right we are going to go rapid fire now only one of you answer each question we'll go ben then ben then ben then ben this is from brandon Pick the two best quarterbacks to take into the playoffs of these three. Four point per passing touchdown. Josh Allen with his bad schedule. Jameis Winston or Tom Brady. Ben, pick two of those three. Allen, Winston, Brady. Which Ben? I don't, you know what? We'll let you guys decide. <laughs> Winston and Brady. <laughs> uh, go, Winston and Brady? Ben Gretsch? Winston and Brady. All right, Ben Schrager. This is from Michael. I just started yeah. rewatching Boy Meets World with my kids, and in the first scene of the first episode, I noticed one of Corey's best friends was Squints from the Sandlot. This is much more useful information than these dumpster fire waiver pickups. Adam, I mean, if you think I've seen Boy Meets World, you're crazy. You've never seen Boy Meets World? Yeah. I'm pretty what? sure I wasn't alive when that started. <laughs> How old are you? How old are you? 22. 22? Oh, Who the hell is 22 these days? All right, Ben Schrag, I'll give you another one from Kyle. Half PPR, John Brown against Denver or Kareem Hunt against Miami. Schrager answered the first question, by the way. You thought you must have thought it was me, but you're you're just 
go to Schrager, Schrager, Schrager. <laughs> but I will take John Brown. <laughs> All right, good. All right, this one will go to Ben Tra- uh, no, Ben Gretsch. This is from Pops. What should I do with Allen Robinson rest of the season? You, you keep him and you start him. Uh, and and you got, it's probably got to be plus matchups, but I'm not worried about the Rams thing. We already talked about that earlier on the show. He got a lot of Jalen Ramsey. He's still their clear number one. From Alex, how do we feel about Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz rest of season? Rodgers is still very startable. Wentz is 16 points or less last five of six games. I don't like Wentz, even though he has some good matchups coming up. I'll prefer Rodgers, but both are rosterable. From Bears rule, who should I keep rest of season? Jalen Samuels, Darius Geis, or James White? I think James White. I mean, I, Darius Geis, uh, really, you know, obviously a really good play in the in the passing game. Didn't play a ton of snaps, so Wendell Smallwood played the most snaps. He's probably going to split early down work, and they're going to use a receiving back. Is basically what we learned. Has the most upside to earn, a, a, you know, this massive role, but I just don't think we'll see it uh, on a, in a lost season. And there's not a lot of upside in the offense anyway. So White's the best player overall, and and the one I would just stick with for a safe floor. And two more questions, both Eagles questions from Phil. Is Miles Sanders going to break out this season? No, I don't think so. If Jordan Howard returns, he's definitely not going to. He has a great schedule, but Boston Scott, J.J. will become involved. He hasn't ran well the past two weeks against New England and Chicago. I don't think Miles Sanders is going to break out this year. From Brandon, is Alshon Jeffrey a drop, or should I hold him due to the juicy playoff schedule, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys? Totally dependent on the league. Uh, you can drop him. All right. But I, I wouldn't want to. It'd have to be a shallow league. Thanks, Benz. Good stuff. You're welcome. It's always fun. Yes. Ben Schrager's doing a great job, and he wants you to join our Facebook group and our social media accounts, and we'll do the Ask FFT this weekend. Uh, for Ben, for Ben, for Heath, I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Starter sit for the AFC Home Games.